Hello, and welcome to Marking Out with My Girlfriend. This is my girlfriend, Erin. This is my girlfriend, Karate Durling. And Marking Out with My Girlfriend is an ISO 8601 compliant podcast. Did you forget what the intro thing was? I forgot some of it. I knew it was ISO related. I didn't remember which one again. Yeah, so 8601 is date and time standards, and we date all of our episodes following ISO standards. So in college, I actually took a course on just ISO standardization, and I really didn't pay attention to any of it, because it really wasn't worth it. No, it really isn't. Like, I mean, like... It's so dumb. Like there are some there are some standards that are actually worth keeping. Yeah. Like the the ISO 9000 series where it's quality management systems. That's worthwhile to like make sure you keep up with those standards. Yeah. But does 8601 really matter? Okay. I actually remember when I was in college, mm-hmm. I was taking a trip somewhere and drove past a place that had one of those like big ISO compliant banners up. Mm-hmm. And I looked at it and I turned to my girlfriend, who's now my wife, and said, that just tells you how they read their calendar. I love how like you can just like saying that we're an ISO 8601 compliant podcast adds like a whole level of like, oh, wow, that's fancy. Even though we're just putting the date in year, month, day format. <laughs> like, that's literally all it is. Which I honestly just prefer anyway, because it's easier to read. And it's unambiguous. Anyway. Oh, God. What a way to start. Yeah, we, we really know how to start a podcast to keep it interesting. <laughs> oh, no, my Molly McCoy shirt is backwards. But yeah, I'm wearing the Molly McCoy shirt today. Yay! I got my pro wrestling tees order in, and I wore this dress instead. It's International Goth Day. You're allowed. Um, My pro wrestling tees order, my second one, should be here tomorrow. I got the Pineapple Pete shirt, and I got the Revolts Communist shirt. I need to grab that one. Producer Aitsu ordered the Owen Hart shirt. Yeah, I should order one of those. That Dark Side of the Ring episode was infuriating. I can't watch it. I, I, you leave very sad and very angry. Yeah. And, like, it's been way too long for people to realize how shitty WWE is, and I hope this starts to wake yeah. people up. It's like, it, it's never been that great. <laughs> I know I've told the story on here before how I was actually watching the pay-per-view where he crashed and died. And so I got like the news reports as they came in. Mm-hmm. So They've gotten slightly safer in the last 20 years, but they're still an Because they don't drop people from company. the ceiling. That's about it. And like, that's the thing. Like that whole, I don't want to get into it. <laughs> Understandable. It It is a 20-year-old beef. Anyway. Anyway. Being the elite. <laughs> Being the elite. Be elite. Be the elite.
anyway, so we got a very, very weird BTE this week. <laughs> it started off really good, too, with Cole Cabana sneaking his way into a Zoom call with Kenny. How did you get my Zoom number? <laughs> the, Which is not a thing. That's not yeah. how Zoom works. It's really not. Uh, the, the Bucks gave it to me. They gave it to you. Oh, I'm gonna kill them. He definitely call. He calls. He calls Colt the son of a bitch. Colt makes a joke about the CM Punk lawsuit. <laughs> yep. Because why not? Get something out of it. Mm-hmm. And then Colt mentions how he wants to be on BTE because it gives him the potential to be a star, like everyone else who's been on BTE. Like Flip Gordon and Masa, and that's all I can remember. Then we get the actual intro, because that was all a that was all a cold open. In three months, Horsehunt will be running BTE as Kenny steps away, says producer Etsu. They did say they're gonna go for like a long term story. Yeah, they said that that was later on. They said like you know we'll 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 hash this out in five months in the ring. <laughs> you know, when people have completely forgotten about you, we'll bring you back like right then. But we did get some insight into why Kenny is like this with Colt. Yes, that's later on when we find out about Kenny's history with Willem Dafoe. <laughs> with Willem Dafoe, yep. <sighs> but first, Matt Jackson's at home. His wife wants him to take out the trash after he places some trash on top of an already very full trash bag yeah it's very stacked he goes to take out he goes to take out the trash but doesn't want to do it so he takes a bump off of the wall and blades <laughs> it's very dumb he, he got a little bit of color he got a lot of color but like i feel like they have to have like filmed that because like he got the color before it was the exact same the exact same blood pattern as when he hit the wall during whatever sport they were playing last week yeah so they probably just did it at the same time so they probably filmed it at the same time yeah that makes sense if it was even real blood i don't think it was i don't i, I tried looking and it's like i don't see the cut it didn't look like it it was probably fake blood but why actually bleed if you don't have to Exactly. It's for a YouTube series. It's not for a pay-per-view. Speaking of which, chat, we're taking bets now. Who wants to bet that Cody has some form of color during his match? Okay, that's not really a bet. The clo the better bet would be who who actually gets the color, Cody or Lance? Who gets the color? Because last time it was MGF who did. That's true. And uh, how long into the match until they do? Okay, so let's assume that it's going to be a 20-minute match. Yeah, at I'd least. say 20, 25 minutes is a safe bet. Okay, so let's put the over-under at 12 minutes. Over-under at 12. I'm going to say... The... Uh, yeah, so what What do you... We'll, we'll put a toonie on it. Okay. I'm going to say over. Okay, that's fair. That's... I, I tried to set it about even because I wanted to like, you know, first 12 minutes versus I guess like first 12 minutes versus final 10. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, the idea is that I'm weighting it more heavily to like give a bigger time span to the first half of the match. 
or the 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 underside because I know he doesn't go red. You know, we don't get color early in matches. We get color like you know midway through or late in matches. Yeah. So if we try to like, that's my amateur assessment anyway. Now I'm basing this off of the MGF match last year. Okay, where they went about 25 minutes. And it was at the 15-minute mark that MGF got some color. Was that last year? I thought they'd already had a pay-per-view this year, no? Like in February? Revolution? Yeah, they had Revolution. Was that when it... Oh my goodness, that was this year. Yeah, it was. <sighs> oh my goodness. Y'all, I don't know what month it is. <laughs> okay, so, uh, like, rolling through this... Kenny tells a sob story about how he was the best at everything in school and he tried out for a play, the Christmas play at his school, and a young up-and-coming Willem Dafoe stole his role. Willem <laughs> Dafoe not being nearly Kenny Omega's age, nor from Winnipeg. I mean, we don't know that for sure. He might have just made up his whole backstory to get away from Kenny. Okay, Willem Dafoe is from Wisconsin. It is 55 years old. That starts with a W. 55 years old. Kenny Omega is not that old. He's gotta be at least 56 looking great for his age. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Kenny Omega is 36 years old. I know. Ugh. What I got out of this, though, is that Kenny Omega was very good at magic. And now I want to play magic with Kenny Omega. <laughs> Did he mean, like, close-up magic or the gathering? I'm hoping he meant the gathering. I think he meant close-up magic. What if Kenny Omega is really good at contact juggling? I would be down to see, actually. Would you pay... Would you pay to the Fushigi Scholarship Fund for talented contact jugglers to give Kenny Omega money to go to Fushigi College? I think Kenny Omega is probably more than able to pay for that more than I could. That's true. <laughs> There's a reason I pay to watch him. <laughs> would you? Okay. Still, would you give money to the Fushigi Scholarship if it turns out Kenny Omega was very good at contact juggling? Yes. Okay. Someone will get sent to clown college on that money. <laughs> I think it's clown college anyway. Where else would you learn contact juggling? I guess like circus college? which is better known as clown college yeah yeah or like if you train with people from Cirque or whatever there's got to be a lot of people in Cirque du Soleil who know how to contact juggle be like hey just like go up to Montreal during the winter find someone on the street and be like are you a Cirque you have like a 50 50 shot and then you ask them can you teach me how to contact juggle <laughs> actually you know what I'm gonna tweet at Kenny Omega. The dumb ideas we have during this podcast. At Kenny Omega Men X, do you know how to contact juggle? There. We'll check on that later to see if I get anything. <laughs> so we get a recap of Hangman putting out a hit on Private Party, allegedly. Uh, Cassidy tells Quinn he knows Adam Pussypants Page is behind it. <laughs> yeah, what, what does it mean? 12. It's 12, right? Yeah, it is. It's 8.49. Yeah, this is a very funny segment. I adore, I adore Private Party's little vignettes. They've been so... They're great. Like, weird and funny. 
Speaking of which, we have a very hype match for next week. We have Private Party versus Challengers, a stuffed bear, <laughs> and Bones, who is better known as the Boogeyman. Because that's what we get on BT now. <laughs> we get well-built storyline matches. Uh, we come around to Matt and Nick outside Nick's house, where they, they, they see that uh, Matt got a little bit of color taking out the garbage. Wait! Pause the narrative! Matt Hardy explains what color means and what hard way means with color. Yeah, which it's honestly good to know. Yes, like, these are the things that, like, I appreciate the fact that they're going out of their way to take time to, like, explain these are what these industry terms mean. Here's how we use them. They're educating the audience. They're making smarter watchers. They're making smarks. No. Yes. No. <laughs> yes. <sighs> With broken brilliance. Yes. Anyway. They then go on to show that Nick has a custom ring being built in his backyard. For which we get a montage. <laughs> of putting the boards down. Yes. Then we get, like, basically a whole monologue from Hangman, which is the title of this episode, Monologue. Just name things after what Adam Page does. It's worth it. So, like, he gets this... Like, he goes on this tear about how he has to, like, go back home, but is it really a home if it's empty? And, like, you know, can you get heat in an empty home or whatever he said? <laughs> he said a lot of things. He said a lot of things. He said, like, is it really fair for me to just, like, you know, stay out here in the woods and, you know, pretend like I am being safe when there are people out there who are forced to go into work every day and stuff like that? Like, very class conscious, which, like... You know, pro-socialism, pro-trans rights, Adam Hangman Page. He is a modern cowboy hero. Just a dang good person. So yeah, that that was basically it for BTE. Yeah. Looking forward to next week with that match for Private Party versus Bones and the Bear. <laughs> so does, I guess, like, if you have a match on BTE, it's for a YouTube show, not for the other company, i.e., he the boogeyman is allowed to compete even though he has a legends contract as long as he doesn't compete under the name the boogeyman in the last couple months everything in the wrestling world has just been i'm throwing my hands up and it's happening <laughs> we'll let it happen <laughs> i don't know what's going on <laughs> drew gulak is gonna fucking walk away from wwe because he wants to and possibly into aew we'll get a reunion of the colony <laughs> colony reunion would be great if not he can go by his true name Allsack Drew Gulak which is one of the Chuck Taylor gimmicks yep. not one I'm going to be using I appreciate that I don't need to say that before a show <laughs> I won't make you say Allsack Drew Gulak okay you just keep saying it then I will uh, so would you like to get into dark Sure. Let me turn off this light then. Alright, there we go. Mood set. <laughs> oh god, I'm the worst. I gotta love these visual jokes in an audio medium. Yeah, our first match is Danny Jordan versus Hikaru Shida. 
where they actually tried a little bit better to tr to get the Mean Girls angle over. They actually explained it this time. Yeah. It's funny what happens when you do that. Mm-hmm. I wonder if, like, this match was filmed chronologically first. Because they filmed all of these at the same time. Yeah. So if this was chronologically first, then, like, it makes sense that they would introduce the gimmick and then, like, half sell it the next time. Yeah. Possibly. I, fe I feel like... Excalibur is professional enough to not have screwed it up that badly. Pretty, yeah, we're we're we got a lot of faith in Excalibur here. So yeah, I think this was just aired asynchronously. We had a nice little PSA from Sheeta, who tells everyone to stay home, stay safe, and I'll keep fighting. And as is tradition, Sheeta gets the pin with a falcon arrow because nobody kicks out of the falcon arrow. At least two people have fallen to it now. Mostly against Sheeta. Only against Sheeta. Only against Sheeta. <laughs> it's been all in the last month. I love Chuck Taylor so much. <laughs> He's just the epitome of... His influence is everywhere. Yes. Even if you don't know it, his influence is everywhere. He's the epitome of, like, the kind of guy who really knows the industry and can make jokes that, like, really fit the industry. Yeah. Got the comedic chops while still being a very talented wrestler. Anyway, we have QT Applebottom Jeans versus Clutch Adams in the Battle of the Hudson. I mean, right now you might want to call him DDQT because he came out looking like Diamond Dallas Page. <laughs> He's got the ribs taped up. He's using the QT cutter for the win. It's very DDP. Which, I forget what... Was that on the road to Dynamite this week, I think? Oh, God. Possibly. Where they showed a segment where he went to DDP's house and is like, I don't know what to do otherwise. <laughs> DDP just told him, like, do better. Get, get a good finisher, you idiot. So he started doing the diamond... I mean, the QT cutter. Now, in that segment, there was one line I did, like, where they're watching his match, and DDP's just sitting there like, I'd call you a girl, but all the girls are tougher than the guys. Yeah, I don't disagree. Yep. But yeah, so QT Applebottom Jeans, I'm just gonna keep riffing on his name and making it more ridiculous. You know, get gets a win against the jobber, because that's what we expect from Dark these days. There was an unfortunate part where Clutch went to the ropes and tried to yell into the hard cam his catchphrase, which is, you can't touch Clutch, but he missed the hard cam. <laughs> <laughs> he was close. He was close. It's like, the next time he's, he's out there, he's going to know where it is. Okay, so our next match was Jason Cade versus Marco Stunt. Marco Nosebleed Stunt, because he took a stiff shot right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So he, he got his color the hard way. Yep. Not the way you want to do it. No. And he looked a little bit dizzy throughout the match, but he still held everything together pretty well. Yeah. Even managed to hit a 450 for the win. And, like, you you could tell he was a little bit pissed off that he got a stiff forearm from a jobber. Yeah. Like, bitch, I'm under contract. You lose to me. Like, these things happen. You hope that it's not intentional or anything, so. But... Yeah, you're still going to be upset when it does. Yeah, no, for sure. I'd be pissed too if, like, Jason Cade come, came and fucking smashed me in the nose. Understandably. 
we get to my favorite match of Dark this week. Yes, agreed. Musa and Lee Johnston taking on the super bad Polycule, who Excalibur said were very complimentary of each other. <laughs> yes. Um... <laughs> These are all queer tag words. Yeah, no, this is all very coded language that makes them have like a very, I don't know, Kip has like a very disaster bisexual kind of energy. Yes, he really does. He's wonderful for it. <laughs> I don't know, maybe maybe my gaydar is wrong, but like I get like a vibe off of Kip Sabian that and like this is where like I've kind of like waffled back and forth. This is personal. So we might cut this, who knows. But like I think part of my like very limited attraction to men is an attraction to like queerness in men. So maybe that's why I find Kip so hot. Possibly. I mean, have you seen the video of him checking out Sunny Kiss? Yes, I've also seen the video of him giving Jamie Senegal a smooch. True. That was adorable. adorable. Anyway, we got this match started out with Kip, who did some great chain wrestling with uh, Lee Johnson. Yeah, so Kip versus Lee. The I'm sure someone out there has called it the battle of three-letter names. <laughs> if not, now we have. Jimmy gets a tag in and looks like he's going to take over the wrestling and he just punches lee in the stomach and then 20 <laughs> more times <laughs> yeah this leads to musa getting tagged in and jimmy wants to shake his hand and apologize now so, so we can start wrestling and then he just punches him in the face there's a lot of jimmy havoc just punching people i appreciate it uh from producer aitsu for some reason, I'm remembering Orange checking out Hang. Yep, there, there was one where he was telling about uh, Matt's bad back before the tag team battle royal. And he was in the shower with a very large black box. <laughs> Listen, everyone's a little bit gay. It's all right. It's wrestling. There are some people who just don't have it, though. Like, Cody, for sure, has the vibe of a heterosexual man. Yeah, no. Like, he's a Kinsey one. <laughs> Cis, straight, mono. That's definitely the feeling I get. <laughs> Kinsey's zero. <laughs> yeah, that, that's fair. But yeah, so we get a very... I, I had a very fun time with... I I always had... I always have a fun time when the super bad polycule works together. They have that, like really good chemistry that yes. makes them fun to watch together because they're both kind of bastards but like in a different way yeah it's two different styles of bastards and they and they complement each other like excalibur said mm -hmm. like when they had musa in a corner and kip gives him a kick to the back of the head that then pushes him into jimmy's fingers <laughs> for an eye poke yes it's like that's brilliant i love it no, they work really well together, and I'm happy to see them continuing to wrestle together. Now, it looked at the end like Kip might have taken something the wrong way, because he was out on the apron and didn't even respond when he got a baseball slide. Mm -hmm. Like, he just was, he was lying down, and he wasn't moving, and he just stayed out of the rest of the match, which is okay. It, it, it keeps, him, keeps him out of danger then, and it lets Jimmy hit a... Acid Rainmaker and Fishhook DDT, which I'm really glad he's using because it looks great. Yeah, no, the Fishhook DDT looks amazing. But yeah, no, that was a fun match. 
Next we have he was in the Navy and also bowled a 299 twice. Sean Dean versus Ray Phoenix, which we know is just going to be Phoenix wins. Ray kicked his head off. Yeah. And, you know, I'm glad that we get to see Ray Phoenix back because he's an incredible wrestler and he looks so good in singles. Like, yeah, he looks like obviously the Lucha Bros are incredible. They're an amazing tag team. Like world class. But like it's also good to see them compete solo every once in a while. Yeah. So just like it, it it's a good reminder that they're good on their own right, so together they just syn- synergize that much more. Right. They're like, you know, it's two plus two making five. Yeah. And most other people make, you know, with their with their tag team skills make at most three. Yeah, it's not always the best team up that you get, but w- when you do, you get stuff like the Lucha Bros, which are just amazing. Yeah, for sure. And like, I'm, I'm looking forward to when they can come back. I hope that the Death Triangle has figured out a better Death Triangle lock <laughs> than whatever they were doing before. It didn't look good. <laughs> it didn't. It didn't look that effective. We got after that John Cruz taking on Luther. In John Cruz's first match of the night. <laughs> but this was a really good look for Luther, actually. Like, he was very vocal during this one. Mm-hmm. So he, he very much added to the, what he was doing with a very high-pitched voice, which is very unsettling. Yes, no, like, a, a scary-looking dude with a high-pitched voice is incredibly unsettling. Producer Aitsu says he sounds like Pugsley Adams. <laughs> Yeah, kind of looks like him too. A little bit, yeah. He he's a very evil Pugsley Adams. Because the Adams family, while goth, were very wholesome. They were. They just had unusual interests, like guillotines. Exactly, and they had, they had, you know, Gomez and Morticia had a romance that was not typically what you see in the cis hat romances. Yeah, they still loved each other after being married. <laughs> Which is contrary to a lot of the popular portrayals of straight marriages. Way too many, to be honest. I hate my wife. I hate my husband. Why are you still married? Eh? <laughs> the script calls for it. Divorce is still stigmatized for some reason. Private Party got their warm-up match for next week's BTE headliner against Ryan Rembrandt and Mike Reed. They looked great. <laughs> they looked great. Rembrandt and Reed less so. Well, yeah, someone has to come up with the lose again. I mean, not just that. Like, try not to be overly critical of the performers and everything like that, but it, there was, there's, I don't know. It was just like, it felt a little sloppy on their part. Okay, that's valid. Still a fun match to watch, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, even though I didn't take many notes on Dark, like, I enjoy watching it. It's just a lot of the, the squashier matches are very formulaic. Absolutely very formulaic. Like, there's just a lot going on, you know? Like, yeah. there, there's just a lot of them all of a sudden. I mean, like, we had nine matches this week, and they were, like, almost all squashes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we'll still keep going through them because 
want to get names out there. Yes. So speaking of names, Spanish God Sammy Kafara versus Alan Angels. Angles. 100 proof Alan Angels. He's got a nickname now. Yes, that's right. He's he's like, do you remember? I don't you might not have gotten these commercials, but here we had commercials for I want to say it was Jack Daniels, but it was some sort of whiskey mm-hmm. where they talked about um, like how in whiskey terminology, there's like the angel's cut, which is the stuff that evaporates and there's a devil's cut, which is the stuff that goes into the wood. Yep. And then they sold devil's cut, which was like stuff that they squeezed out of the wood Oof. Oh, <laughs> or something ostensibly. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was a real dumb marketing gimmick. Yeah. So I imagine that he's just an amalgamation of all of the whiskey from the last, like, I don't know, 200 years worth of Jack Daniels manufacturing. It's been made manifest as a golem to wrestle. (laughs) Oh my god. So he's a wrestling golem made out of whiskey. You know what? I've seen weirder. Yeah, it's not that weird of a wrestling gimmick. I've seen old Memphis have, stuff. I've seen weirder. We have there's a guy who wears a ghillie suit and calls himself Swamp Monster. I think we're allowed to get away with it. We're allowed to get away with whiskey golem. Our main event of the actual show, not just for me, was Serpentico taking on Darby Allen. Which was John Cruz's second match of the night. Yeah, we kind of looked that one up and went, wait a minute, he's doing two matches on this show? Cool. Because I originally thought this might be like an Ophidian XP. Yeah, but I don't know. Like, Ophidian's the kind of guy who's been with Chikara and works for Chikara so heavily that, like, I wouldn't expect him to leave Chikara. Yeah, it's just seeing the, the snake mask, the name, and... It's just like, that was just the first thought I had. And it's like, it would be really cool to see Ophidian do even just a dark match in AEW. I don't disagree. But yeah, he's definitely a Chikara guy, as we know, which is understandable. I am interested in seeing where Still Life's career goes. Yeah. Did you see they got uh, featured on the front of a newspaper the other day? I did. Yeah, it's like... That's recognition. That's that's like outside wrestling recognition. I'd like to... I really hope that their career takes them as far as humanly possible. And yeah. I will support them all the way through. To be honest, I feel that level of affection for all of the performers in Chikora right now. Where, like, wherever <laughs> they go, I'm going to be their biggest fan. You know? Yeah. I want to follow you to the ends of the, wor- ends of the earth w- with a sign. <laughs> So it's like, you know, some sort of reference to an old gimmick. Yep. Because <laughs> I have a feeling a sentient painting gimmick probably won't fly outside of Chikara. Uh, like, you can probably do the indie circuit with it. But yeah, when you're looking at bigger companies, you might want to get something different. But you know what? Take it as far as you can. Exactly. So anyway, Serpentico versus Darby Allen. It's a fun match. Yeah, it it was like it, it was a Darby Allen match on Dark, so it was a little bit different than what you normally see. Um, I'm not sure exactly what a Pentico is or who knighted this guy. <sighs> Cast <Cast-up> now. <laughs> Aaron, you're fired. And with good cause. 
You're not going to be able to collect employment insurance on this one. It's okay, I can still get served now. So, sorry, Sosos has to downside in the face of COVID, so we're going to have to let you go, Aaron. <laughs> not that we oh, were paying God. you anything. Yeah, I know, right? It's going to be a long time before I collect a paycheck here, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll keep working that, at it. That's just kind of the nature of starting a business. And then I'll fire you for COVID reasons. <laughs> In five years? Or more. Uh, <laughs> or? I'm not going to get to retire. You're just going to fire me the day before, aren't you? Yes, but you'll collect severance. Okay, that's good at least. No, what I'm, not, I'm not even going to fire you. I'm going to pressure you to resign. Oh, that's close to home. <laughs> Oh god! So yeah, no. This was a very this was a very Darby Allen does a dark match. A very good showing for Serpentico. Yeah, no, it was it was solid. I thought it was a fun episode of Dark. Just I don't know. I don't particularly care for watching an hour and a half of squash matches. Yeah, I, I liked it as like the half hour show. I thought it was able to really get some names out there and, and show them off without feeling like it's starting to drag. Even an hour would have been okay. Yeah, when they're doing an hour with a bunch of extra stuff in there, like when that was when they did the ratings or when they went over storylines again, like that, that was really good. But if you cut that out, like I'm probably good for half hour, 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Why don't we head over to the mid-roll and find out? Mid-roll, mid-roll. Everybody's talking about the mid-roll. Mid-roll, mid-roll. It is really gay. Hey, what's up, sluts? It's me, Flopjaw, the shittiest Muppet. I'm here to talk to you about a very important subject. That subject is a podcast that I'm on. It's called Unsound Theories. Well, gee, Flopjaw, what's Unsound Theories? Well, Cat, it's good that you asked. I was about to tell you, but I needed to wait for you to ask first. Unsound Theories is a podcast where... Well, Kat here, and also Kira, that's me. They watch a movie, but they don't use any sound or subtitles to watch the movie, so they have no fucking idea what the fuck is going on. And then they talk about what they think it was about. Well, gee, Flopjaw, that sure sounds like a lot of fun. Where can I find this podcast? You can find it literally wherever you get a goddamn podcast. Just search for fucking Unsound Theories. Make sure to smoke a lot of cigarettes when you listen, but don't actually do that because it'll make your voice sound like mine. Find Unsound Theories wherever podcasts are sold. AEW Dynamite. AEW Dynamite, starring fucking Hangman Pussy Pants Page. <laughs> Not yet. Doesn't star him yet. <laughs> we start out with uh, Mox taking on 10, because, you know, why wouldn't the AEW champion open the weekly show? Right. No, you need to, uh, you need to have, like, and, like, this is a good way to progress the Moxley versus Dark Order storyline, too. Oh, gosh. And they gave it a cannonball shot with this where Mox basically ran through 10 in a few minutes mm -hmm. and then 
beat him up some more with a chair and got a microphone and said, give me my, give me my belt back or I'm going to break his arm. He also referred to Ten as the favorite special little boy. Yep. <laughs> which was a, which was just like the perfect Moxley taunt. Yep. It, it, it's just wonderful. It's like no one else is going to say that with a straight face. Mm-hmm. So we get Brody Lee on the big screen for this. And he tries to explain to Mox that he's not he's not in control of the situation here and he's just walk away and do whatever and just show up on Saturday. So then the Dark Order leaves. <laughs> and Mox just looks at him like, Alright, I guess we're doing it that way. And he broke Ten's arm. <laughs> Kfabe. Kfabe broke Ten's arm, yes. I'm <laughs> if he really did, I'm not gonna talk about it like that. Come on now. No, I I just want to like very be very clear that he he hit a chair with another chair. That's yeah. not enough force to break someone's arm. But it looks and sounds awesome and gives you the impression because Ten sold it like it did. Yes, it was a very good sell. Now it's a fun match. Then we get MJF with Wardlow versus the Human Cannonball Marco Stunt. Marco Stunt with nobody. I don't know. We gotta come up with a nickname for him. Fun size Marco Fun Stunt. Fun size Marco Stunt. Mr. Fun size, I think it is. Mr. Fun size, that's right. Not Mr. Azerbaijan. No, that's completely different. We don't cheer for that guy anymore. We only cheer for his son. And also Chuck Taylor. C- can you imagine? We-, we almost had Boomer Azerbaijan. <laughs> so yeah, we get like MJF murdering Marco Stunt. Now, Marco put up a much better fight here than in previous matches, because MJF is almost at his size. Right. MJF lets Marco stunt attack him and, like, you know, does the whole, like, I'm stronger than you, I'm better than you, blah, 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 blah. A lot of, a lot of like, high school bully shit. Yeah, a lot of stuff hitting yourself, making him pick his own nose. Uh, Wardlow held him down for a choke on the rope with one hand. If there had been a toilet, Margo Stunt would have gotten a swirly is kind of what I think yeah. this match was trying to get at. Yeah, pretty much. That's what we would have gotten. Marco did manage to fight back, getting a, a knee strike in. He low-bridged the middle rope, which was interesting to see. Mm-hmm. He went to do like a baseball slide to MJ, MJF, but MJF lifts up the apron, captured him in that, but he slipped out, so MJF just hits his hands on the hardest part of the ring. Mm-hmm. In the end, though, it's just shoulder breaker, salt the earth, and that's it. And like Marco put up a good fight, but it was it was an enhancement match for MJF. Yeah, it, it was to it was to show him off as a lot of a bully before Saturday when he faces Jungle Boy, and they kind of did that properly. Jungle Jack Perry, as our, as Jr. loves to call him, which like is a solid name. Like it's not a bad flub. To, to call him Jungle Jack Perry, you know? Yeah, it's just, it's just that's not his name on the card. <laughs> when JR first did it, I was like, oh, he's getting rid of the Jungle Boy moniker because, you know, he's a man and not a boy. Yeah, and then it's like, no, he's just, uh, he's just getting his name wrong. <laughs> After the match, MGF takes out the dynamite dy- diamond ring and punches Marco with it, which finally brings Jurassic Express out. Mm-hmm. And then Wardlow trips on the ring stairs going up to the ramp. <laughs> <laughs> it was just it was in the corner of the shot, and he was staring down Luchasaurus. 
And I think I saw him crack a little bit of a smile over it, too. I think he did, yeah. <laughs> so that's going to be in Botchamania, the next one. And I can't wait to see what they do with that. There's, like, a lot of... So we then get, like, a segment of Arn Anderson and Jake Roberts that I didn't particularly care for, nor do I care to talk about it. I don't give a shit about that Cody storyline. Yeah, no. I just want to say one thing here in that they make it sound like they're going to try for an Arn versus Jake match, and... Neither of them are in ring shape. They both will die. And I just want to say no. It's like, I, I don't want to see that. I saw Arn and Jake in their prime, and like, I I don't want that overwritten with current day Arn and Jake. Yeah, no. They would both almost assuredly die. Yeah. Someone I do want to see wrestle, though, is Darby Allen, who did a wonderful promo where he shows himself playing cards with all the other ladder match participants mm -hmm. and then lighting himself on fire for some reason. Because it's Darby. It's like, I, I love Darby's very, very thoughtful, very artsy promos that he does. They're, they are a highlight when I see them. Absolutely. Speaking of highlights, we also got Pac... Pack is back. In promo form. Remember Pack? <laughs> <laughs> He's back in promo form. Yeah, a, a good little reminder, even though Pentagon and him can't be at the arena, Phoenix is still gonna kick everybody's ass. Right. <laughs> Which, you know, I I don't think they're wrong. <laughs> no, it's really good. I love Pack's promos. It's really good that to keep him relevant this way. Right. And keep Death Triangle relevant this way. I also like that they kind of gave a vibe of Pac having split personalities. A little bit. I, I got that too. Because what's better than one pack but two pack? I'm doing finger guns for the listening audience. Just rapid fire finger guns. Brap, 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 brap. So this has been marking out with my girlfriend, a socialist media production. I'm going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> but this did lead us into Orange Cassie taking on Ray Phoenix. Yes, it did. Where Orange Cassie sends the best friends to the back area and then takes a step back to avoid Ray kicking him in the head again. <laughs> Which was adorable. I love when Orange Cassidy like does those little like very Orange Cassidy things. Yeah, it, it's the same thing as like Colt Cabana does, mm -hmm. where he'll just avoid stuff because I can. This was, I'd say, one of my favorite matches of the night. Easily, yes. Like, even just the beginning, like, Phoenix is on the offensive throughout <laughs> much of it, but he doesn't hit him with a whole lot. No, because it's Orange Cassidy, and if there's one thing Orange Cassidy is good at, it's dodging. Like, he even dodged a low blow in the corner. <laughs> I, like, I, I still would love to have, this is, this is going to be a thing that I harp on every time Orange Cassidy has a match, until it happens. I want Orange Cassidy to do a slow Canadian destroyer in AEW. <laughs> <laughs> Where he hypes it up by shouting, it's time for the Canadian destroyer! It just does a slow roll, and whoever he's against sells it like it was a full-speed destroyer. You know what? 
that'll happen when, when we get the Orange Cassidy versus Chuck Taylor dream match. True. <laughs> Orange Cassidy with Swamp Monster versus the best friends. <laughs> or, or if we get Drew Gulak back and they form the community. That's right. We talked about alternative names for a reformed colony. The commune. We couldn't do the hive because that one's already taken. Right. But yeah, no, this was like by far the most fun that I had tonight or tonight, Wednesday night watching Dynamite. Yeah. It was a it was such a wonderful match. I, I liked when they were on the outside and Pineal Pete yells, You're highly acidic. <laughs> Which is something something very, very rich coming from a pineapple. Yep. <laughs> Considering pineapples literally eat the flesh of your mouth. I, I appreciate that very much. Uh, in the end, we have Orange Cassidy actually catching Phoenix's arm on a clothesline attempt. Going for a striking combo into a Superman punch with a tope. He, he pretty much gets all his shit in here. Yes. And then Kip Sapien shows up with a ladder and just kind of sits on the entryway. Mm-hmm. He, he he looked really good. He looks really good in Hawaiian shirts. I'm just gonna throw that out there. I, I mean, Kids Kip, he looks good in everything. He just I looks mean, good. Let's be honest. You know, it's it, there. There's a reason that I say that I'm bisexual and homoromantic. You know, like it's Kip Sabian. Yeah. And also non-binary people of all different persuasions. But you know, the one, the one cis man, is Kip Sabian. <laughs> Fair enough. That's enough to distract Orange Cassidy, who takes a low blow and a cutter for three. Mm-hmm. Now, after the match, it's even more fun than the match itself. Because SCU comes out and tips over the ladder with Kip on it. Then Jimmy Havoc comes over the barrier to attack SCU. And then everyone ends up on the outside, where Phoenix hits a really, really short... Yeah, he came up a little bit short, going for a plancha on everyone, on everyone lands on his back. He's actually okay. He's going to be fine for the match tomorrow night. Or Saturday night, I should say. Which is tomorrow at time of recording. Yeah. And then Cole Cabana runs out. Out of nowhere for an acai moonsault. Which also hits Phoenix when he's on the ground. Yes. Then we get the best friends launching Orange Cassidy to the outside. And he hit the barrier. Yes. Nobody did good with this. It was bad. It was it was all like they just didn't have the space they needed or something it like that. It looked painful and not in a selling way. No. Yeah, he went straight into Kip and the barrier. But Orange Cassidy stands tall at the end of the match. So, like, you know, despite the loss, Orange Cassidy looks good. I wonder if they have Orange Cassidy win the, the casino ladder match. I don't know. We should, we should maybe do some predictions after all this. Yeah. That'd be a little bit fun. We'll do the predictions now, and then we'll see how true they are come, you know, tomorrow. And, like, I guess I have plenty of time on Monday, so we can record a bonus on Monday. Okay. Yeah, we'll figure that out. That's no problem. Coming into another match setting up for Double or Nothing, the team of Chris Statlander and Hikaru Shida taking on Nyla Rose and Britt Baker. Who? Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Thank you. To which the beginning conversation was between JR and Tony Schiavone. Tony's been booped before, but it's been a while. 
To which Tony replies, under his breath, yeah, it has. I don't need to hear about old men's sex lives. And then JR asks about the cavity search that Tony had and if it was a dental procedure, which we're assured it was. I still think, I still think the whole angle with Britt Baker is that she's like a fin dom and just degrades Tony into paying her money. Yep. And you know what? Good for her. That's the dream. This match was... It was a pretty fun match. I loved seeing this match. I thought it really showed off everyone really well going into Saturday. Mm-hmm. Especially with Nyla beating up Sheeta and getting the pin out of a beast bomb. Mm-hmm. And then Nyla being put through a table afterwards. So you've got both competitors looking strong going ahead so you can't just say oh nyla won so she's gonna lose on saturday right and like it's one of the few matches where i will be happy helmst ever it turns out yes i'll also be sad whoever turns out yes i love both nyla and Sheeta. they're both wonderful that said also we wish a speedy recovery to dr Britt baker yeah, who, she took a Nyla to the knee. Yeah, I think we're seeing reports that it's like an ACL injury. What I was hearing today was rumors that it could be an ACL injury, which would be 9 to 12 must recover. And that would really suck. Especially because she's the best heel in the company. She is on such a hot streak right now. And it also puts in jeopardy her match with Statlander on Saturday. So mm-hmm. we hope all the best for Britt. Yes. Like, that would really suck. So this is another one of those matches where I'm not even going to try and describe what happened. I would say I have a couple things, because just so much did, just like mm-hmm. in the four-way match they had. But especially where Nyla would try to go for a tag from Brit. It was kind of the opposite of when she tagged with Leva, where she just wouldn't tag. Right. So in this case, Brit was refusing to <laughs> until Nyla went over and choked her and told her to tag. <laughs> so, like, that's the thing. Like, I think, you know, Nyla underestimated the fact that Britt doesn't want to help the champion retain her championship because it hurts her chance of getting that championship. If Sheeta can beat Nyla, Britt Baker assumes she can beat Sheeta. Yeah. Is basically the vibe. So why would Britt Baker want to willingly help Nyla? Exactly. But if you don't, you get choked. <laughs> And that's why you willingly help Nyla. Yep. <laughs> so, we get a lot of stuff backstage with Mox saying everything is reduction to violence eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that'll be interesting. Yeah, that is going to be a very hard-hitting match him and Brody Lee have. Who would have thought that the two of them, like, what, like a, a year and a half ago... Who would have thought the two of them would be challenging for the championship against each other? Of a major company. Right? Like, Yeah. Now, how that goes down... I'm going to say that for predictions. Are we going to do a new segment called Predictions? At least for the pay-per-view. Okay, we'll call it Meditations, Objections, and Replies. We can do that. That's a Descartes joke. Okay. That's what Descartes' big treatise was was the meditations and then it's usually published with the objections and replies because a bunch of other philosophers read his shit and was like 
Rene, this is dumb. Dude, what the fuck? <laughs> no, the mind is not stored in the pineal gland. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, what if I just take DMT? Yes, all of that DMT in fucking 1400s France. <laughs> yep. So we get a new segment that probably won't be recurring in Sean Spears News. Yes, that's a fun little segment. That, that was. He congratulated Dustin on his retirement and chewed out Cody some more for leaving his brother up high and dry. Mm-hmm. And then he challenges Dustin to a match of double or nothing, which I am looking forward to because Sean, Spear need, Sean Spears needs to be seen more. That's not just because he's from the Niagara region. Also because he's a great wrestler, but also because he's from Niagara region. So yeah, no, like, we get a nice recap of Matt Hardy going buck wild with a golf cart. <laughs> the most important part of that street fight, let's be honest. Damascus, because he wasn't Matt Hardy at the time. Oh yeah. We need to differentiate his different essences. But yeah, we get a little bit of a revenge match of Sammy Guevara taking on Matt Hardy now, which half this match was just hilarious when Hardy was in control. And how Sammy was bumping for him. Like, getting his head pushed into one of the ring pillars. <laughs> with Matt Hardy yelling, Open your eyes! And prying his eye open. It's just like the quintessential broken Matt Hardy match. But this also worked out for Sammy because early on, Hardy goes for a twist of fate. And Sammy handstands out of it. Yes. And, like, I don't know. I, I, I like Sammy a lot. I, but like he also just has that essence of heel to him that makes it very easy to you want to see him get punched in the face exactly yeah and he's so good at it i'm pretty sure it's natural <laughs> sammy ends up without a boot again like he did with darby <laughs> and he gets bitten on the foot again like he did with darby <laughs> I'm starting to think, in addition to a tug thing, someone in AEW Creative has a foot thing. Possibly. I'm not shaming you, but please don't put it on TV. We don't want to screw up Sammy's back by having him walk around in one boot. We don't want him to have his spine grow uneven unevenly because he's got one shorter leg and then he has to get leg lengthening surgery. I had a friend that that happened to in middle school, and it was not fun. No, I wouldn't imagine so. It's like, he had, like, basically he had to cut holes out of all of his jeans for, like, the spacer metal that was attached to his leg. Ooh. It was, yeah, he got, like, basically he had no gym for, like, the entirety of middle school and high school. Yeah, understandable. Anyway. <laughs> Producer, Aitsu, with, he's like Matt Riddle, where he seems like a douche, but not in the worst way. Right. In reference to Sammy. Like, yeah, no, totally. Yeah, Matt Riddle seems like a complete douche, though. I would not spend time with Matt Riddle. Yeah. I'm sure in a group he'd be more tolerable, but I wouldn't want one-on-one -on -one time. He's the kind of guy who would bring weed to a party and then be like, okay, but you have to pay me to smoke it. <laughs> That's the vibe I get off of Matt Riddle. Fair enough. Or like the guy who's like, you know, charges for the booze he brings to parties. I bought you this twofer. It's 20 bucks. Why did you spend 20 bucks on a twofer? I did it. I'm charging you for gas, too. <laughs> uh, anyway, back to AEW Dynamite. 
Yes. So we're, we're almost at the end. We pretty much are, because Hardy gets the three with a third twist of fate in that match. Yes. We then get Matt going outside of the ring to grab a chair, whereupon Jericho and Jake Hager are shown on the big screen with Kenny Omega. They, they've got him wrapped up at, a, at the field goal post and threw water on him to wake him up. Yeah, see, that's like, so that's waterboarding. A little bit, yeah. A little bit? Like, it's not a fun feeling. No, no. So Hardy runs into the back. They get overwhelmed, though. And then we cut to the left. And we're introduced to the Young Bucks with a house show dive. But they're still outnumbered. They're also wearing masks, which I thought was interesting. New merch, gotta show it off. Yes, true. Th that is the, uh, <laughs> that is the Young Buck philosophy. A-B-M, always be merchandising. But they're still outnumbered, so w what could help here? I don't know, maybe look down a hundred yards of the football field to see Hangman Adam Page running in cowboy boots. <laughs> and jeans and a button down. Full sprint, a hundred yards down the field, the clothesline Jake Hager. And can I just pause this discussion for a moment to say how thankful I am for AEW camera work? Because WWE would have cut away from Jake Hager hitting the clothesline to show, like, for, for Adam Page hitting Jake Hager with the clothesline to, like, show the Young Bucks to see how shocked they were or something like that. Yeah. We would have missed the clothesline. Now, to be fair, AEW's camera work at one point was like that, too. <laughs> They've gotten better. They've gotten better. So, yeah, they, all five of them now fight back the inner circle, and they're celebrating, and Hangman's walking away again. Now, let's just take a moment to talk about how how Hangman also said, Go on, get! Which is the most cowboy thing he's ever said. <laughs> that is some cowboy shit. Yeah, that absolutely is some cowboy shit. So, that's it for this week yeah we're looking forward to double or nothing minus what match minus one match yeah it, it could be worse yeah it could be worse <laughs> we could be looking forward to one match yeah cat would you like to do some predictions yeah so what's the i've got the card in front of me here i can run down that would be perfect we'll just go match by match so we can start with the pre-show which is going to have private party taking on best friends i'm Private Party is fresh back. I think they're going over. Okay. Uh, best friends have been, you know, wrestling during this whole time and everything like that. I think Private Party needs a push to legitimize them again. That's not a squash. And this is it. I think I honestly agree because that whole storyline of BT they've had with uh, Hangman Page. Like, Page is a tag team champion. Mm -hmm. And they're kind of feuding with him a little bit there so i think that that could be something we see in the future and this would be a good starting point for that mm -hmm. mjf with wardlow taking on jungle boy i'm gonna give this one to mjf he's gonna cheat he's gonna win yeah mjf is gonna get his comeuppance but it's not right now it's not against jungle boy i think this will lead into a very interesting feud between wardlow and luchasaurus finally mm -hmm. but yeah jungle boy is not going over no, and we get, uh, you know, it's a wrestling twink enthusiast. I hope Jungle Boy has a good match, but I don't think he wins. It's like twink enthusiast. The 
casino ladder match, which has Darby Allen, Colt Cabana, Orange Cassidy, Ray Phoenix, Scorpio Sky, Kip Sabian, Frankie Kazarian, Lujasaurus, and an unknown. Do we think that we will get the debut of the revolt? Mm, this is a singles event, and there's only one spot open, so I don't think so. Fair. I don't know who the TBA is, but like one has to expect that if it's someone good, TBA goes over. Entirely possible. I don't know. I would think it's got to be Darby. That's where I'm leaning to. It's like, I, I think Darby really been gunning for, for something like this, and a rematch with Mox could be amazing. Yeah. Okay, what's our next match? Next match is Dr. Britt Baker DMD versus Chris Tyler, which may not happen. If it doesn't happen, then it doesn't happen. If it does happen, I think Chris Statland. Mm, Chris Statlander had the championship shot at Revolution. She did. And Britt Baker has been on fire lately, at least as a personality. Yeah, I'm going to say uh, Britt Baker wins to put her on a path for the championship if she is not seriously injured. Fantasy book in this? Yeah, I have Britt Baker going over. The women's championship match of Nyla Rose defending against Hikaru Shida in no disqualification, no countout. I'm going to grab a D6 and roll this one off. I dropped it, so I have no idea. It's a Shida. <laughs> I rolled. I, it's Shida. Okay. I'm still holding out that it's too early for Nyla to lose it, especially with everything happening. They're kind of re-cementing her place in the division. So I'm going to be wearing a Sheeta shirt to watch this, but I got to go with Nyla. Dustin Rhodes taking on Sean Spears. I have to go Sean. I want to go Sean. I want Sean Spears to win. And I want whomever is standing around the ring to chant 10 at him, ironically. <laughs> yes, I love it. I miss that. When the whole crowd would chant 10 at him, ironically. <laughs> and every once in a while, he would catch himself in it. Wins by a 10 count. <laughs> Wins by So a count out. Yep. I would take that. That'd be pretty fun. Okay, what do we got next? For the AEW World Championship, John Moxley defending against Brody Lee. Uh, I think it's Mox. I do too. I think Brody Lee's hubris is going to get the better of him here. Mm -hmm. And I think that is going to be very fun to watch him spin out of control a little bit on the Dark Order. Yes. I think an angry Brody Lee who's like pissed off at the Dark Order and everything like that and pissed off that he lost to Moxley yeah. is going to be a better character than champion Brody Lee is in the short term. Yeah. Like long term long term wise, it's better to have Brody Lee chasing than it is to have him holding. Like double or nothing next year, maybe we see champion Brody Lee. Maybe. But but not this year. So what else do we have? That leaves the stadium stampede. Oh goodness. The stadium stampede. Of the elite comprised of Hangman Adam Page, Kenny Omega, Matt Hardy. Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson taking on the inner circle of Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, Sammy Guevara, Santana, and Ortiz of Proud and Powerful. I mean, 
Nick Youngbuck and Matt Youngbuck. Yes. I knew you were waiting to do that. <laughs> also, can we talk about how on the promo image for this, um, the way that the rendering of like the graphics looks, it looks like Kenny Omega is holding a giant spatula. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, it's a really big like fry cook spatula. <laughs> yeah how the cars just kind of line up there yeah oh that's good my opinion is that the circle that is inner wins okay to reignite the elite feud yeah i'm very much expecting a major miscommunication probably about the halfway point in this match mm-hmm. that's just gonna lead to, to the downfall of the elite here we're definitely going to get some Chris Jericho taking like home run swings at Matt Hardy's body. Yep, because they have Floyd. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they've got a whole stadium to play with. Now, the only thing I could think is because they have a whole stadium to play with, that somehow they do a spot with like a helicopter where Jericho gets pinned by a helicopter <laughs> and it's Vanguard 2. Okay. That's that's something that Matt Hardy would come up with. And if it's a pre-taped match, they can totally do something like that. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> uh, but information we have, I think I have to go Inner Circle as well. If Vanguard 2 shows up and is a helicopter, then it's the Elite. Otherwise, yep. it's the Inner Circle. <laughs> yep. Uh, I think we agreed on just about everything there, actually. Yeah. Except for the Women's Championship. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. I guess that's why we're dating. <laughs> Probably. Anyway, um, so we have one more segment because I don't particularly feel like rehashing the same beef that I've had for the last two weeks. So let's talk about booty moments with Cat. We're going to talk about a wrestler's butt because that's what I do. Who's today's lucky wrestler, Cat? Today's lucky wrestler is Zack Sabre Jr. A very good choice. He's got a good butt. Like, he's got the kind of butt that would look incredible in heels. Okay, yeah, I can see it. Like, his his legs too, but like... Yeah. If I had to give it a rating... Which you do. Which I do. 8.4. 8.4, okay, that's pretty good. That's higher than Boomer Hatfield, but lower than Kip Sabian. What did I give Boomer? I think you gave Boomer an 8. Oh, so then Zack Sabre Jr. is a 7.6. Okay. (laughs) I have to be consistent, and his butt is not as good as Boomer Hatfield's. Okay. I I think we should probably start recording these. Yes, if you want to make a spreadsheet for me. Okay. I'm not going to write any of this down. (laughs) (laughs) If anyone's listened to all our episodes and remembers all the booty moments with Kat, please let us know. (laughs) Because I don't. Yeah, we should we should make like a we could take the the data and we can plot it out into a chart. I think you see like a scatter chart or whatever. Oh, can we do a pie chart? No, this wouldn't work for a pie chart. It's single data point to be scatter plot. Oh, I just really want pie. You would, dork. <laughs> That's how I know she loves me. Oh, Aaron. Okay, <laughs> so let's let's end this. Sh- charade <laughs> let's so anyway as we say on this show be gay Mwah. do crimes bye
Marking Out with My Girlfriend is a production of Sosa's Media. Check us out at S-O-S-E-S dot C-A. Music has been provided by Sounds Like an Earful. You'll never get away, Autobots! It's me, Starscream! Ah!